You've taken your first step into a larger world. We got no food, we got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off! I'm Batman. I know Kung Fu. This is a chopper! Hold on to your butts. You can't handle the truth! You lose! Good day, sir! Raise your hands up! Raise them up! dialogue with the wildebeests <laughs> and we're here to kick some but nice jacob uh, everyone i just said it, it's dialogue with wildebeests yes yes it is it is as always i'm cory by the way if I, if no one no one was asking because hey cory right? hi um as always, I'm joined by the handsome, bearded freak. <laughs> that was Jacob not the direction Dow. I thought you were going to go. <laughs> I didn't know either. Uh, which I'm bearded, by the way. I'm I'm digging this little like blonde, blonde streak? streak right here. Or is it gray? I don't know. Did you get highlights in your beard? I didn't put them there. You're starting to turn into Guy Fieri. <laughs> I'm gonna take you to flavor time. <laughs> Man, Guy Fieri. I love that guy. He's <laughs> pretty cool. I like I like his show Diners, Drive Ins, and Dives. Dude, it's the best show on television. It it probably is. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah. What a cool job. Just fly around the country and eat great food. He doesn't fly. He drives that red that red uh, Cadillac everywhere, doesn't he? It's a Camaro. I knew that. That's fine. I, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. He I'm drives nice that Camaro red Camaro too. everywhere, right? Yeah. He doesn't fly. Well, that's what he'd like us to think. Yeah, that's true. he just uses that for the intro anyway, and the in the outro. Yeah. Can and you imagine actually, how many miles you rack up on that classic? Camaro, it'd be dead before season two. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean the the intro and the outro that show is pretty much the same every week, right? Like I think just so. Shot I'm pretty it sure you record it once, yeah. And he just like throws it to some video of you know, hey everyone, I'm Guy Fieri. Vroom vroom vroom. Welcome to drivers to drivers and dives, and I can't even talk right. <laughs> he doesn't even he doesn't have a southern accent by the way. It's like I just no, gave him. No, he doesn't. He is the he's a spiky-haired individual is what he, he is. is. He is like I mean, I he, it looks like he's after some dragon balls, really, by the way his hair looks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I was I was at a place yesterday, Jacob, after I got my uh, hair cut and beard trim, by the way, is you can see no one else can. Yeah, um, dashing. Thank you. Um, there was a uh, place called, uh, what was it called? I can't even remember. But it was one of those stores that had, you know, they sell comics, they sell video games, they sell whatever. You know? Nice. Uh, I was looking in this glass case, and you'll be ha- ha- proud of this. There was a box, and inside that box, there were these 
golden orbs that had symbols and stars, and I do believe they were the Dragon Balls. So nice. I've it got, made me think of you. I've got something like that actually. It's this. It's this little like it's a leather case and it opens up and then the seven Dragon Balls are probably about this big. They're uh, like an so orange the, glass. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there was a there was a tiny version. And then there was yeah. a big version of, the, so, nice. yeah. So you must have the, I'm Get guessing the, the small, yeah. yeah but it still looked one. cool. I was like, whoa, Jacob yeah. would love that. Yeah. So you already have it. Whatever. Man. All right, I got to return what I bought. For, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nice. I didn't buy it. Um, I did buy some uh, plastic trading card holders. Nice. That yeah, you, you screw did. in Because, I told you this, but let's tell the people. I've been investing in some autographed hockey cards. Yeah, man. And they haven't come in yet, but we had our last episode, which was the uh, hockey episode a couple weeks ago. Sorry, it's been a couple couple weeks since we had an episode. I've been busy. Um, but I bought a Jason Arnett, which was one of my top five. Mm-hmm. A David Leguan, he was in my top five. Um, I haven't found anyone else yet in my top five, but I did buy two other former Predators, but... I just, nice. you know, I thought that was a cool pickup. Just, I mean, they were so cheap down on eBay and yeah. people are going to question the authenticity of them, but some of them literally on the, you flip the card over and upper deck or whoever the company was literally was like, this is an authentic autograph card. We had a company official witness the signing and blah, 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 blah. Right. So it has been signed. Uh, has but the card hasn't been graded. I guess what people do, it, grading a car, a uh, uh, a sports card, it's you know it's like fifty bucks to grading just grade anything, the card. dude. Grading comics, yeah. grading Pokemon cards, Yu Gi Oh cards, yeah, any sports card, um, even like magazines, just right. that it's it is it's expensive. The good the one thing is though, if you've got the money to invest. You can send an entire box of stuff right. that way, and it's like a one-time fee. Yeah. So that's good, but it is it is pretty expensive if, yeah. if you don't have the funds. Right. So my thing is I don't really – because these are just for personal – I mean, I'm not – I'm probably not going to ever – I mean, maybe if I was like, okay, I'm going to sell these for real, maybe then I would grade it, but – get it graded, no. but – I don't that's, really care. Yeah, that's definitely not why I'm... I actually recently... Um, I went through and bought um, the rookie cards of each one of the starting lineup for the Pistons in that 0304 team. Like, my favorite nice. favorite Detroit Pistons team ever. And I yeah. went through and I, I got all of their... Uh, all five of the starting five rookie cards for I think it was under twenty five bucks for for all five That's of them. Pretty pretty awesome, right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll be I'll be really happy to get those in. And yeah, they're not even that uh, nice of copies, to be honest. Were they like were they autographed or non autographed? No, they're not no, autographed. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're the rookie cards though, so they're special in that way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, I've got cool. I've got a rookie Shaq card, Shaquille O'Neal. Nice. Um, I was looking up this card, man, and it sells for like a couple hundred bucks, uh, graded, of course. But right. I'm Dude, like, 
Do you know about the whole like trading card boom that happened recently? No, I don't really. Okay. Yeah, dude. Um, sports trading cards have like skyrocketed. Um, their value and all that stuff has just gone, gone crazy. So I've got a big old book of, uh, cards, but like right here, I have a small, uh, binder here that I just keep the ones that I think are special and like the players that I really, uh, dug, (laughs) <laughs> there are three there are three different players in this in this uh book. Is there's it Michael Shaquille Jordan. O'Neal. There's Shaq. Michael Jordan, of course. Well, can you guess the third one though? For you I'm assuming it's gonna be another bull. Is it Scotty Pippen? It's not Scotty. I wit like like he gr- in my mind Horace now Grant? he does No. Though I like Horace Grant. It's Rodman. It was Rodman. When, but it's, I have some Rodman Detroit and, uh, uh, Spur cards, but they're not in here. It's just the ones with the bulls. Nice. (laughs) So, but yeah, this, uh, whoa, what did I do? (laughs) I don't know, man. I got rid of my video. Sorry. Uh, all good. I know the people don't care because they're not hearing it. Let's right. See. There I am. Okay. But this card right here, yeah. it's, this, it's this one where there's like three versions of Shaq doing a dunk. Yeah. By Upper Deck. Uh, yeah, it's Upper Deck. Uh, that card, like I've seen it on eBay for like a couple hundred dollars, but of yeah, course dude. it's graded. And here's another one. This was re- a really rare one right here. Um, let me see where it is right Right here. Okay. This is a Shaq, and he's wearing his LSU uh, jersey. Because this was like this was like a crazy rookie card. Uh, yeah, it's a classic draft pick collectible for sport. Anyway, it sells for like ridiculous money. And I'm like, what the heck? So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang on to those and. Maybe uh, maybe they'll uh, be my ticket. They'll be my ticket out of this place. No, I'm kidding. That's not what, that's not what I mean. But they'll, you know, maybe they'll fund something at one day. Cause yeah, maybe. My, you know, uh, I, you have more of a love for basketball than I do now. I, I did love it, you know, yeah. growing up in the 90s. But now... The, it, the game is so different now. Yeah, and, definitely uh, than the 90s. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, uh, it was the All-Star game was this past weekend? It was, yeah. Yeah, they... How did, uh, that, how did all of that go? It was interesting, honestly. Um, because, of, because of the COVID protocol and all that, um, they originally was supposed to be in Indiana this year, and then they had to move it and moved it to Atlanta... Which, in my opinion, Atlanta is one of the hot spots for COVID, so that didn't make any any sense at all. I would have kept no. it in Indianapolis, Indiana. Right. Um, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. But um, they ended up doing the entire weekend, what normally takes three days, in one day. Um, so the skills challenge and the three-point shootout were first. 
And then it was the first half of the All-Star game. And then the dunk competition was halftime of the All-Star game. And then the second half of the All-Star game took place. Um, and for someone who's been watching All-Star Weekend since probably 2006, 2007, like religiously, this is like the one time, I, I've probably said on the show, this is like the one weekend a year where I like do not schedule anything because this is my thing, dude. And Yeah, even, even when I fell out of love with, well, yeah. Even when I didn't pay attention to the NBA as much, I would still watch the Saturday night skills competition. You know, with because yeah. you gotta watch the dunk contest. Come on, it's but it's been now. It's been years, really. You know, every I'll catch it every once in a while. But I remember when uh, when me and you were still living in Nashville, like I'd still when when I could, I'd watch it with you. You know, yeah, those were good times. Yeah, it was good yeah. and. They, uh, uh, a bit, the big power forward, DeMontis Sabonis from the, um, the Indiana Pacers won the skills competition, which is cool when a big guy wins because there's a lot of dribbling involved and passing, but he's super fundamental and he won that. And then, of course, uh, Stephen Curry won the three point shootout. I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Um, a guy named Anthony Simons won the dunk competition. He's just a second-year guy out of Portland. Um, he's he's an all-right player. He's comes off the bench and he's he's decent for what he is. But the guy the guy's only six three and can jump out of the building. He one of his dunks was he went up and like kissed to the rim and then dunked the basketball. So at six three. And you're jumping like that. That's a that's a pretty serious vertical. So, um, it was okay. The dunk competition was probably one of the least exciting ones I've seen in in the mm-hmm. past few years. But I w- I'm just I'm just thankful they even had a had the whole all star situation. Um, Did it was having it all in one day. Like, did that work out all right, in your opinion? Or would you was, rather still have it be separated? I'd rather it be separated just because there's more of... It makes it more of an event. And I think I'm actually, in the NBA community, I'm in the minority in that. There's a lot of people that are, like, NBA fans that just... They don't really like All-Star Weekend much. Um, a lot of people kind of crap on the dunk competition and all that stuff. Um, well, th- things are not what they used to be also, you know? Right. I mean, there's no yeah. stars in the dunk competition ever. There's no, right. there's no names, which is dumb. Yeah. So that's hard. And then, I don't know, they yeah. added a new layer to the, like the actual game, which makes it good. Um, instead of just running up the score, um, each, they basically pay play the game um, each quarter the teams play for the highest point and then whoever wins that um, wins that quarter their charity gets a hundred grand and so this year actually the team LeBron won every quarter and then won the game itself but um, 
last year was the first year they introduced this style, and the game was really close pretty much the whole time. Um, but that's a cool way to to do it, I think, with doing, uh, you know, giving to charity, giving, you know, tons of money, too. It's a good, you know, good chunk of change, especially especially this year. I mean, LeBron's charity got 300 grand, so yeah, that's pretty cool. It sends a lot of people to college or, you know, it takes care of, you know, low-income neighborhoods or whatever the case is for whatever that charity decides to do with the money, so... Pretty cool from that I guess aspect. It pay, I guess it worked out for him to 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 be there. Yeah. Yeah. He actually, he played the first quarter and didn't play the rest of the game. Huh. So, yeah. But the rest of his team was glad to be there, you know. Right. Um, Steph Curry and uh, Damian Lillard and... Was it one of those, was it an East-West thing or was it a the team captain drafted the player kind of situation team captain drafted. Um, LeBron was one captain and then Kevin Durant was the other one, but KD is injured right now. So he wasn't there. He didn't even get to play. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't even there. No. Yeah. He didn't even come to the, come to the thing. Cause it's actually, it's a really difficult process. If you don't have to be there, you, like they don't I wouldn't even try because you have to do, you have to do the however many days of quarantine. Then you have to do testing. Then you have to test every single new inner like every single new building you're in, and it's a whole mess. So yeah, it is. I I I wouldn't go either if I didn't have to. If I was injured, right. I'd be, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. So, but I thought you know overall it was fine. I got to watch, you know, put on my put on my jersey and had a good time and so what jersey did you wear that uh that red authentic Ben Wallace jersey there you go there yeah. you go yeah nice. he, actually he um he is a finalist for the um the hall of fame this year Ben Wallace nice. is. yeah i he hope re- he gets he re- in is so he's I'm guessing he was retired. I didn't even yeah. know he was okay. Yeah, he's been How retired he for been? a while. Okay. He Dang. uh I'm he getting old because I thought he was still playing. No, he's actually a I'm a part owner of a um like a D League club, like a minor okay. league club. And um so yeah, that's that's really cool for, for him and he's He's doing really well. Um, for a little while after after retired, he kind of went through a bit of a rough patch, and but apparently he's gotten things back together and doing well. Go. So there you go. He uh he got nominated in twenty twenty eighteen, I do believe, for the Hall of Fame and didn't get in for some for some reason. But this year, he's got he's got a good case, and nice. I don't think the rest of the field is very. Not weak field, yeah, co- sort of in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, but not. yeah. Good, mm. good time for yeah. NBA fans anyway. Anyway, let's hope. Yeah, man. Um, our favorite show ended this past week. It did, and we haven't even talked about it. So you people are gonna no. get our live reactions to. Well, they've probably already watched it by now, and. uh 
Um, thought it was a I big didn't, pile of crap. I didn't hate it. No, just I kidding. didn't hate it. <laughs> it wasn't a big pile of crap. There are still just some questions that I have. Yeah. Like, and let's just let's just uh, let's just pull the big ele- the the first big elephant out of this uh, out of this conversation. Proverbial broom. And this is just put it right on Front Street. What was the point of casting Evan Peters? Dude. If he's just going to be Ralph Boner. Oh, my gosh. Unless that's a joke that's going to pay off later or they're, you know, they're throwing us for a loop. I don't know, man. I guess so. But so it did. It was nice that it answered who Ralph was that, uh. Agatha kept kept uh, talking about, right? You know her husband Ralph. So there you go. There was Ralph. And then here's the second big elephant out of the room. I uh, I uh, what am I thinking here, Corey? Connect connect the electrodes in your brain. Yeah. Okay. Vision. <laughs> Yeah. White vision. Yeah. Which I'm. I thought was cool, by yeah. the way. Uh, did he just like take off and go murder himself or what? Like, they they have the cool the conversation about the ship of Athesius, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, I thought was. A pretty cool conversation, by yes, the way. Agreed. I thought it was. I thought that was well written, by the way. Yeah, and delivered and by th- someone who can totally deliver a line. Dude, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany is, is the man. Awesome. I do find it funny that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago he was like, you know, he was talking about working with an actor he's always wanted to work with. Yeah. And then it ended up being himself. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny. Yeah. Uh, he even came out and talked about that, that him saying that he was just trolling right. everyone, which is awesome. Right. Um, <laughs> but it was just kind of weird that he just took off, you know? And then you don't see, we're not going to see the fruit of that till question mark. Right. Right. At some point, he's got to come back. But really, other than those two things, I really was like, ever, ever, well, the only other thing was, was well, no. What, those were the only two things that really bothered me. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm one of those people that wanted a cameo so bad of somebody. Just... Just give us the X-Men, please, for the love of God. Like, we know they have the rights. We know that. And it's been it's been two or three years now since they've bought Fox. And I just like give us give us that or at least I get that they teased. They teased um, Doctor Strange with the book of whatever the hell. And you know what I mean? But I, I just really, I wanted something tangible as opposed to man, like, 
I don't know. It was a bit. It was a bit underwhelming. I don't think the like the battle between Agnes and Wanda was really cool, but it it didn't. I don't know. It didn't feel like it had very much stake. Like I didn't really care who won, um, and that might be because they didn't. You know, we were we we were supposed to take Agnes as this serious threat when she had only been a serious threat really for like an episode. I know she's been there the whole time and she's been, you know, mischievous and whatnot, but I never I never once was like, oh, Wanda's Wanda's gonna be fine. She's like I never had a second thought about Wanda needing any help or being in any sort of problem. Um, so that was, I don't know. That was fine. It's still, man, it's still one of the best shows that I think right. I've ever watched. So I can't yeah. complain. And it's still the MCU and it does right. set up a lot of cool stuff. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes from this. Yeah. And here, and guess what? In a couple weeks we get, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, dude. Yes. So, I'm, I'm already ready for the next thing. So yeah. I feel like they left us hanging. That was a little, and they had. I mean, obviously, it it helps them to leave us hanging because then the payoff when it happens in one of these movies or another TV show on Disney Plus, it'll be paid off and yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah. So I just I wanted I wanted my patience with the show to like to be rewarded in some way other than it just being a character development for Wanda. That's yeah. It was basically well, yeah, because they they were never able to do that in any of the movies because none of this was it was like, OK, she has these powers, but why? And now at least we know the why. Yeah. So. I can do it. I'm with you. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Wanda's awesome. There's, she, I mean, she's one of the coolest characters that we have in the MCU. Yeah. Um, it just, it would have, it would have been nice to get, to get some X-Men or some Dr. Strange or yeah. man, Eve, there was even theories that, that the fantastic four was going to show up. Right. And I didn't Reed think that was going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But man, I just, just, just something. Because right now, I'm honestly not that, not that excited about what happens, like literally chronologically after this movie, because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't really give us anything to really entice us. Um, At least in my opinion, I thought it was just kind of they wrapped up the story in a pretty bow, and now Wanda is gonna you know, roam the earth as, you know, now that her therapy session is over, she can kind of put that (laughs) stuff to bed. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did find the, the last, you know, moments between her and vision really awesome though. The whole, uh, line about, you know, we've had to say goodbye before. Therefore we'll be able to say hello again. I thought that was, I thought that was well written. That was good. Yeah. That was very good. Um, there's cool moments like that. 
Um, also disappointed that her children had to like disappear too. And yeah, that's kind of how it is though. In the, yeah. In the comics. I hate when people say that and I say it all the time, but if they're following that storyline, it's hard to keep those characters going. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier, man, here we come. Yeah. I'm so excited for that, dude. Dude. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, yeah. A couple of man crushes. I'll be honest. I'll be dude. quite honest. <laughs> they're they're like, they're the MCU Starsky and Hutch. I mean, dude, yes. Nice. Yeah, That's exactly are. it. Right on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. So, I'm excited. Um, anything else before we get into the meat of our discussion today? Um. Just man, I'm. I think. I think. Like I said, I wish there would have been some sort of drop, some sort of cameo, some sort of thing that got me all, all jazzed up. Um, But man, overall, I'd probably give it eight and a half out of ten as far as like the whole thing goes. It was stellar, especially like those first four or five episodes when the, it was really like different and really like we didn't know what was going on. That was awesome. Uh, even a couple episodes ago, I loved the, uh, or what was it, Wanda having all those flashbacks of like her and Pietro when they were little. Oh yeah, the the uh, the sitcoms of those times being what, and of course, I mean, we all thought that this is what, what what influenced her, but didn't know. I mean, I, I I guess we thought that's what influenced the uh, the right you know writers and creators of the show, but. Um, turns out the guy who like directed every single episode, he grew up as a child actor on a and played as a played in a sitcom. So nice. Matt, Matt, Matt Shackman, I think is what was his name. So nice. he was on. Uh, I can't remember the show, but I was listening to something and talked about that. And uh, I just it was just perfect. I mean, the perfect guy to have directing those kind of that kind of stuff because he grew up in that world so right just good stuff yeah 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 it was it was a great show yeah so and i thought i thought they were gonna do like season two and all this stuff but it's a series finale yeah so i guess they'll just keep making new new stories and new things which actually i'm kind of cool with yeah. Like, I kind of lose interest after season one or two on shows anyway, so I'm good, you know? I thought it was it was super high quality. It was basically like a nine, you know, half-hour little pieces of a movie. Yeah. Um, I think it plays really well all the way through, and um, I the the whole... When Wanda like expands the hex or whatever, mm. that event is apparently the same kind of like event that causes the X Men to come about. Like it changes the it changes the DNA of people when she does that, and so that's where I thought that sh- that they were going to introduce some X Men, and um, so that that was one thing I was kind of. They kind of just let go. Um, yeah. Might reference back to, you know, eventually. And Dude, how about Monica Rambeau? 
dude. She's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yes. I want her to have a show. Yes. She's so cool. She is. Well, I. I. You hope. know they're. You know they're gonna bring her back in something. I mean, they've got to. You can't do all that origin, one. and I hope so too. Um, but yeah, you can't have all that origin of creating this character and just not do anything with her after this show. You know. Yeah, I think so. the character in the comics is called like Photon or Photon? something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she can see every light spectrum or something, and she can become light. Yeah. It's, so cool. Oh, man. I hope... Yeah, awesome. dude. And the actress is awesome. Like, she's super, yeah. like, super personable and really, like, just just cool, man. Yeah, I yeah. I really liked her. Great, great character. Yeah. Definitely my favorite thing to come out of that show. Yeah. One of my favorite things to come out of the show is the, there's the line, uh, what is... Uh, what is grief but love persevering? And then now people are starting to make these memes. Like, yeah. what what is beef but cow persevering? <laughs> like stuff like that. Like nice. So I need to find some more of those memes because I've I, I read some of them. But <laughs> nice. But, what is beef but cow persevering? <laughs> I just That's thought awesome. that was. <laughs> That's great. Nice. Oh man. Okay, so we got our topic. Oh yeah, and uh, I'm just gonna be honest, everyone. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna be relying heavily on my partner Jacob here through this. Yeah, man. Because uh, it's been it's been a rough couple weeks for me. Yeah. Uh, well, the good thing is our 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 good man here. Uh, we're gonna be talking about John Williams, the great. Yes, John Williams, and the legendary. Luck- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, luckily, man, his we know his work. You don't really yeah. even have to do homework. You know what I mean? I mean, you can. I've got a few like personal details and stuff like that on him. But, man, um, just, you know, on these when we try to do these music episodes, I think this guy's got to come up early. I mean, obviously he has, and um, he's come up in the past when we've talked about Steven Spielberg and... I mean, we're Star Wars lovers on this show, so he's he's this the man. is a guy that has literally not okay. So when we watch movies, we're very visual, right. but I mean, he has written the music that we from film that we 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 you don't not know his work. I mean, you don't not right. Yeah, I mean. Could, Nine out of ten songs that you're going to be humming when you are thinking of a movie are going to be his work. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, man. Or, wait. Did did John Williams do Jaws? Oh, yeah. Okay, see? Bum-bum. Bum, 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 See, I mean. Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. Yeah. Home Alone. Oh. The first three Harry Potter movies. Ah. Oh. Dude, this guy is the master. He is. Why did you ju- just do the first three? I mean. Because they he kind of like, he was like, here's my, here's my contribution. I have things to do. 
Yeah, because they, I mean, they still use that music on the yeah. other. Okay. Yeah. He wrote he wrote Hedwig's theme, and they used that through the entire, the whole thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, so we're talking about John Williams. Um, you know, arguably the greatest film composer of all time, even though I don't think it's very arguable at all. Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, who would be a close second? Hans Zimmer? That's the only other name that I can think of that <laughs> right? comes close. Because yeah. there are a lot of composers and there's a lot of great composers. Um, but, I mean, they're all... Well, one, they're impossible to say their names. And a lot of them haven't had work because John Williams is doing all the blockbusters. Yeah, they're all second-rate con artists compared to (laughs) John Williams. Yeah, so, but I I just, for me, for me, he's, he's the guy. He's the man. Yeah. There's, there's no, nobody else. So, um, yeah, we just, we have Williams to thank for all the, all the stuff that we hum and think about, um, He's, I mean, he really does have kind of the market cornered on big, loud, you know, sweeping, grand music. And that obviously doesn't fit every movie. I mean, it just doesn't. But for the stuff that I like to watch and the stuff that, you know, I mean, he did something like Star Wars, but he also did something like Home Alone. Those are two completely opposite movies and the soundtracks are both incredible. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, man was born in 1932 on February 8th uh, in Queens, New York. He's a New York guy. Um, right. You know, grew up studying, studying music, and then um, he ended up going to UCLA, for, for school and studied studied composition. In 1951, he was then drafted by the U.S. Air Force um, and, you know, just kind of s- served his time and I'm sure was, you know, still practicing music or, you know, doing his thing, uh, still in the Air Force. And then in 1955, after his, after his service... He ended up attending Juilliard, like all of the masters Greats. do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he ended up studying piano. The whole time he was there was just piano at Juilliard. What a what a thing. Um so while he was while he was there, he earned money playing jazz piano um at all the different little music music clubs like jazz clubs in New York City. And then um doing that and also through the 50s and 60s he wrote music for um like tv programs basically just wrote the all the little little themes and little uh you know little parts that you need in 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 the television um any that we've ever heard of um not that i saw i didn't I didn't look too terribly hard, but I didn't see anything that jumped off the screen. And I'm not a huge TV guy either, so there might have been some stuff that that people know that 
I just I just didn't know. I mean, he didn't write the Gilligan Gilligan's Island theme, right? I not as far as I could find. Okay, but now he probably did, and I didn't know. I don't even know. But um, he was he's through the through that time he basically was considered a you know a working musician. Um, we all that's just like that's such an industry term. It's a musician who's just really super good at their craft and that's what they do they do like six or seven gigs a day sometimes and they're just we need we need a piano player for a half an hour on this one song and he'd walk in do it and go to the next thing nice. um and you know that's, he'd have yeah yeah that's like how the really working session musician right yeah exactly so he would do he would do that stuff and then he'd do all his music, you know, gigs at night and um, around New York City. And so at that point, he was like, he was pretty accomplished. I mean, he's at that point, he's in his 20s, his 20s and 30s. Um, pretty accomplished for for such a, a young, a young guy. Um, working like he was all over the, the city and especially in like working for television, but also very accomplished jazz musician, which is super cool. It's, you don't, you don't just walk into that genre. You don't like, like I could be a rock musician learning everything from YouTube and like other people that doesn't happen with jazz. Right. Yeah. That's. So doing all that, um, he was considered, you know, really, really great for that time. Then Steven Spielberg came along, this new this new up and coming director at that point in nineteen seventy five, and he needed someone to write the score for his breakout movie Jaws. And So you're you're telling me Jacob Dial, you're telling me his first score was for Jaws. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, his first like big uh, like he he did the music for like Towering Inferno and um, okay. some other some other like small movies, but okay. Jaws really shot him into the stratosphere. Like so his first big like Yeah. I mean Oh, we Jaws, know this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jaws is considered okay. the first, you know, the first blockbuster. And so that was his you know, his thing. Like he that was kind of his calling card, you know? Like, oh you worked on you worked on Jaws. I see. Nice. Like we Oh we need him. We right. need him. Yeah come to find out you know he didn't really work for anyone else other than <laughs> other than spielberg and lucas but that's fine that you know works out well for for us but and christopher columbus apparently right yeah so um and then two years later he worked with spielberg again on close encounters of the third kind i love that we've talked about this movie i love it though yes it's so good so he wrote the the uh yeah whatever the right I can't remember the yeah man yeah nice what a, what a great guy to have working on that right 
Dude. Man, just, like, you need somebody to convey, like, the idea of communication through music, and then yeah. you just happen to find maybe the greatest <laughs> film musician musical ever. Com- yeah. Musical Perfect. communicator ever. Right. Perfect. Um, and then uh, 77 was the same year, uh, you know, Spielberg had this friend named George Lucas, and uh, he was like, hey, man, tell, you should... Tell you me should. about this George Lucas. Yeah. This George Lucas, he's an up-and-coming director um, out of, you know, out of San Francisco. And uh, he was like, hey, man, you should you should check out this guy for your new space opera. Check out this guy, Williams. And he's like, okay, great. And come to find out, Lucas was interviewed saying that um, the music for Star Wars was the only thing that exceeded his expectations on the Star Wars movies. Um, He, like, Lucas is famously quoted as, like, just being, everything was a disaster. I can't believe this is going so poorly. All of that, you know, we've we've seen the documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he was, like, he was interviewed and said, yeah, John Williams' score was the only thing that blew me away. We, I sat there. <laughs> My movie sucks. Thank God for John <laughs> for Williams. John Williams. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh wait, my wait. I, I, I now have all the money in the world. Right. Thanks to John Williams. To John Williams. Yeah. So great. I mean, obviously, people loved. Love Star Wars for more than that, right. but man, I I uh, I'd be lying if I said probably forty percent of my love of Star Wars comes from the music. You know, 40 percent. I mean, it helps it, set the tone. It really does. It does man. And dude, and it's gone on to like, dude, I get tears in my eyes when I hear like the 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 any of the themes. Like the yeah. the two sons, whatever that theme is Ooh. called, dude. Yeah. Or even even the Millennium Falcon theme. I'm I'm I get all like get all excited, you know. It's just it's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs. Of course, of course. I'm wearing. I got the Millennium Falcon on my shirt right now. Nice. Of course, you people at home can't see this. Just did believe you, me, it's there. Did you mean to wear that or? Is it just? Uh, I've been wearing it all day. Nice. So. Nice. Did I um, mean to wear it? Yes, like, I meant to wear it. Meaning that you, you, uh, you knew we were doing a John Williams show. I just well, I love this shirt. Nice, That's why good. I wore it. You're like no, Jacob. Like you, ninety percent of my <laughs> of my <laughs> clothing is Star Wars themed. <laughs> I have, I have maybe two or three different Millennium Falcon shirts. Nice. I'm pretty sure. So good. This is one of them. Nice. So, so after he yeah. completely killed it in uh, in Star Wars, he went on and did Superman in 1978 for Richard Donner. Okay. Yeah, which is which is really really cool. Um, then came in 1980. He did. Empire Strikes Back, of course, continued oh, yeah. his work with Lucas. And then in 81, he worked with Spielberg again. This will obviously become a theme through his career. He 
pretty much worked with Spielberg, Lucas, Sp- Lucas, Lucas, Spielberg. Right. So, but uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was in 1981. I love that movie so much. Yeah. Oh my God. I Dude, the, that's a theme right there. The music, man. Again, the music helps. Like, dude. it's a part of the environment. It's just, uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's so, so good. So good. <laughs> yeah you, these are the things that we take for granted in movies is the the music half the time we're not even paying attention but i mean it helped the music adds suspense action uh drum, i mean it adds all these things to what's going on already right it complements it so much oh yeah totally yeah so after uh 81 for Raiders of the lost ark he then hit in 82 with E.T., did all the music for E.T. Dang. And uh, then in 84, he did Temple of Doom. Oh, wait, sorry, I went back to E.T. Nice. Temple uh, of Doom. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then in 87, he did Empire of the Sun for Spielberg again. Um, Have you did seen that do, one? Did he not do anything on Return of the Jedi? He did. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I I, I had that in my notes. I missed it. It's okay. You're yeah. good. <laughs> nice. Okay. I was like... <gasps> yeah, no, he did. He did all the Star Wars movies. He did all the... All the... Um, Indiana Jones movies. Um, then the next... The next thing that he did that was incredibly impressive to me was in... In... in well, in 1990, he did... Home Alone. So that was that was right after these, right after the, um, right after the Indiana Jones movies wrapped, and and that was in nineteen ninety, and then he did Jurassic Park and also did Schindler's List, which both came out in ninety three. Oh. Wow, which That's a lot of music to write, dude. Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at his list starting in seventy five. It was it was literally almost every two years, and in some cases every year. And also, how was Spielberg able to make both of those movies at the same time? I mean, practically. I mean, yeah, he went from man. one right into the other. Dang. And man, for, I mean, I'm not talking about the movies themselves, but man, going from. Going from those two completely different stories, dude. Schindler's List is bleak and very serious, and yeah. like, and Jurassic Park is fun and a popcorn movie, and you know, kind of, it's a thrilling, you know, it's a thrill ride as opposed yeah, to is. Schindler's List. But yeah, that's Teach their own. Yeah, um, he did a few more, a few more other, uh, not. Not necessarily smaller, smaller works, but they were for Spielberg. Um, his next, his next big thing was Saving Private Ryan in '98, and then in 1999, George Lucas was like, "I'm doing more Star Wars, and I would like for you to write the music." And Williams took on the, took on the work. <laughs> exactly, and well, and he made. He made the two two of my absolute favorite Star Wars songs actually come from the prequels. That 
the one you were just humming, Duel of the yeah. Fates. Duel and the then Fates, yeah. um, the one in episode three called Battle of the Heroes, where when yeah. Obi-Wan and Anakin are dueling it out at the end there. Um, oh. That's just... They're just... Man, they're so good as far as... Man, as far as who... Where like where there are moments of of lacking in as far as like the prequels go as far as filmmaking and writing and all that, dude. The the music never wavers. It's, yeah, even even those crappy scenes where you know Padme and Anakin are hanging out on Naboo, just you know flirting it up, and I'm just snorefest. At least the music's decent, right? Yeah, exactly. It's true. Uh, so those take us up through the through the two thousands, um, into two thousand five, and then uh, right in there two thousand, what was it two thousand one was when the Harry Potter movies started started up, and he did the first three of those as well. Um, do you have we do you care about Harry Potter at all? Um, I mean, I like the movies a lot. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Every time, every time like USA or sci-fi channel has like a Harry Potter marathon and I'm, and like, like I should have, like, I don't even have to be watching like TV with commercials. We just have it, but I'm flipping through and I find that I'll just start watching. I don't care what movie they're on. I'll just start watching it. Yeah. Now, Am I the person like I'm a Hufflepuff? No, I'm not like that. But I just you enjoy are the. <laughs> you son of a. <laughs> okay, uh, but <laughs> I mean, I don't go online and look, you know, like take surveys to figure out which house I'm supposed to be in, or you know, you know what I mean. I gotcha. I'm a, you know, I don't have a wand in my house. No, I've yeah. got four on the wall next to me here. Are you serious? Yeah. Me and Lauren really love the the Harry Potter movies. And I'm actually working through the books right now on audiobook. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I like I like the British guy who does the narrating because he dude. gets into character. He like, does. He, He's the best narrator. Dude, he is. What's his name? Um Oh no. I I'll have to look it up later. There's okay. gonna be a lot of dead dead air time, but Okay. Um He's great. I mean, he. I remember, I remember being in a car with Casey, Jesse, and Sarah Fortner. Right. Oh yeah, nice. Um, we were we were going to Chicago for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, me, oh, with, nice. me and Casey. So, uh, I mean, we on the way there, we were listening to Harry Potter on audiobook, and that was the guy. That was that was the guy. The guy doing that voice and. He would like, I mean, it didn't matter who the character was, if guy or girl, he would just, you know, when it'd be Hermione, he would be like, oh, Harry, and get in, get like, get into, just do it and whatever. And he was brilliant. Yeah. Bloody brilliant, as they would say. Right. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. He's, I don't know, one of the best. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, I digress. Back to back to Williams. He did back to Mr. Williams. Yeah, he did those those first three, um, first three Harry Potter movies. Um, basically, after that is kind of when he 
he do a little bit of work here and there, but it's it's been mostly Star Wars and the Indiana Jones movies is what he's been into. Um, he does a lot of consulting work and is like, will come in and, and help on some of the tracks and or help conduct in some ways. Um, he is he is slated to do the new Indiana Jones that's supposed to come out in what, 2023 or something like that. Um, he's, he's been hired on to, to do that. Um, so that'd be great. He's man. He's up there though. Um, born in 1932. He's going to be 90 next year. So dang, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, can't believe that man he's still like still kicking though um yeah just incredible career um he has i looked it up and he's been nominated for 52 academy awards oh my god 52 okay nominated how many has he won he's only won six that's not a man. That's not like, enough. I agree. <laughs> he deserves so many more than that. Like the work. I mean, the the list you just gave off of the movies he has done, he deserves an Academy Award for each one of those films, in my opinion. Right. And yeah, and I mean, he obviously had a couple couple previous to when I, you know, previous to Jaws, and then interspersed through the big stuff that I talked about. Um, Has he won any Grammy Awards? Oh, I'm sure. I just looked up his Academy Award stuff yeah. because he's a film composer. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, all that he's accomplished as, as a musician, as a composer, I think is, man, it's incredible. All All the work that he's done is super, super impressive. Um, there's, you know, there, there, like we said in the beginning, there's other, there's other composers that are great that I really enjoy. Um, but man, nothing comes close in my opinion to, to his, you know, his work. Um, I think his best his best works are Star Wars, obviously Indiana Jones, Jaws. Um, those are obviously all really good, man. But I think I honestly think my favorite of his is Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, the music yeah. he does in Jurassic Park is I think it, I think it's really dynamic. Um, it's the stuff for stuff. Yeah, the stuff for Indiana Jones and in Star Wars is really, it's really big for the most part, really like kind of bombastic and loud. And, um, there's, there seems to be a lot, a lot more diversity in the Jurassic Park soundtrack. Yeah. As far as, as far as I am concerned. And, um, man, yeah, it just, it plays so well. Um, over over that movie and and honestly that 
that Home Alone theme too is love. The, good that stuff. is one that I love. Yeah. Um. By the way, real quick, uh, just yeah. looking it up here, Williams has won twenty five Grammy awards. Wow. Been nominated fifty two times, but only well, has twenty five. I mean, that's not too shabby. That's awesome. That that's awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's great, dude. Yeah. It's got to be he one of the most winning, winningest yeah. composers out there. Probably. So I just looked that up real quick just to see because I was like, I got to know. Nice. I got to know. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you, so like when you think of John Williams, like what what do you think your favorite favorite is? Oh. It's probably Jurassic Park too. It probably really is. Yeah. Cause I'm constantly going in my like I like I did earlier. <laughs> even even when I knew we were doing this show, yeah, like that's what I was just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's my go-to song. Yeah, like. Man. I mean, great. of course, Star Wars theme's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's. And Duel of Fates is awesome. Like the, I th- those are like when I'm thinking John Williams, of course. But even when I'm not thinking John, about John Williams, I'm still going. Yeah, it's just such a cl- great thing. It is. So yeah, I'm with you. It's when uh, we'll peek behind the curtain. We we're gonna try to do this last last week, and uh, I was like. I gotta watch something. I gotta watch something with John Williams, and I'm like, man, I haven't seen Jurassic Park this week, so <laughs> so I'm gonna this week. <laughs> so, so I watched Jurassic Park, and there were a couple of times I just closed my eyes, and I was like, I know exactly what's happening in this moment because the soundtrack, like the score, is it tells it helps tell the story, man. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. Hmm. Don't oh. you drinking that water? Yeah, that water, water, the, water. You talking about? <laughs> and the wet the wet the whistle, but so that's kind of that's that's pretty much what I had. Um, it's it was a quick breakdown, but man, for for guys who like movies and especially, I'm just I love big blockbusters, dude. I yeah. I, I like the little. The indie movies, those are fine and fun. Um, but man, I've come to find that like this last year when we didn't have any of those, or we only got like a couple, man. Yeah, after that episode we did, I'm like, all the movies we're going to get to see this year, and we yeah, didn't see any of them. No, barely. Yeah, it was rough. Should so. delete that episode off of our <laughs> SoundCloud account. <laughs> Just to know that, you know, 2020 was a big, you know, turd ball with extra turd turd sauce. Yeah. It was rough, man. So, yeah. As far as I know, though, all the. All those movies that were slated for this year are actually going to come out. Um, Like I I went and saw that new movie, that new Disney movie, uh, Ray and the Last Dragon. Man, it was it was good. I was really nice. impressed. I like, and yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't a musical. It wasn't like a movie made like exclusively for four year olds. It was, it was really good. 
Nice. So it was a, I mean, that was a good, a good sign of things to come, I think. So, um, yeah, anyway, just, I think blockbusters are fun and especially the really big ones. He's done a lot of them. Um, especially, I mean, he owned the eighties and nineties. Let's just be honest. Yeah, he did. I mean, well, I mean, other than, other than the Terminator (laughs) two theme, he did everything else, right? Like, dude, who wrote that? Oh my god! I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so dun 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 dun. If you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to our Terminator Two episode. It's probably been uh, it's been a couple back there now. Right. So, oh. yeah, man, man. So, okay, if you're listening right now, it's time to pull out your your keyboard or your cell phone or whatever. Get on Facebook and tell us, what is your favorite John Williams song? Yes. That is your that is your homework assignment. Yes, it is. Put it put it right underneath where you see this episode on Facebook or whatever thing. Just hit us up on Facebook and tell us what it is. I don't care. Email us. Email us at dialoguewithwildebeasts at gmail.com. Yes. Agreed. I yes. Yeah, I'd like to, I mean, obviously Michael's going to tell us what his favorite is. Yeah, which Michael. I bet you it's Star Wars. In fact, I don't even have to bet you. I'm almost positive I know it's Star Wars. But and that's a great pick if it, it is. Yeah, it is. Like, it doesn't even have to be the main theme. It could be any theme in yeah, the Star Wars. Leia's theme. theme. There is so much, there's so many, there's so much music there. Yeah, there really I is. Mean, and it's all good. It is, every single bit of it. Even that weird scene in uh, episode three when they're in like the weird like space opera thing and there's like that throat singing going on. Right? Dude, that's still so good. It's still good. <laughs> it's still yeah. good. Yeah, so. Even Wubnub is, I don't think he wrote <laughs> Wubnub, by the way. Are you sure? He did he write Wubnub? I don't know, but I hope so. Why did Lucas take that song out of out of Return of the Jedi? I don't know. That was the best, like the original. Like I remember growing up before the before the special editions and all this craziness. Right, Wubnub was was awesome. Yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> so cheesy but awesome. Yeah, I wonder if John Williams wrote that. I don't know. I hope so. He, he might have. I hope so. Oh, man. I hope so, too. Yeah, man. So if you want to hear Wubnub, go to your iTunes music account or whatever it is. Probably Apple YouTube. Music or YouTube or Spotify. Might not even be an official song anymore. I'm sure I could find it on here. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Wubnub. Oh, come on. It's got to be on there. It's got to be. type in Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, come on. The best of Star Wars. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to see it. I'm going to. I'm going to get you. I'm going to. Oh. 
There's Ewok celebration and finale. Hold on, let's see here. Yes. There it is. <laughs> Come on. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And it literally says John Williams and London Symphony. Nice. Okay, that's enough of that before we get sued. Um, I don't think anybody's coming after us after that. Yeah, I can kiss my butt. (laughs) Yeah, man. John Williams is the best, and uh, that's the episode. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Hey, before before we do go, I meant to. I wanted to ask you. Uh, so you, you said you had four uh, Harry Potter wands to your to your right or left? Like yeah. To your left. What? Which ones are they? Um. Oh man. I believe it's Luna, a Death Eater, Ron, and Harry. I do believe. Okay. You don't have got. the elder wand? No, we the ones we've got are in those uh, uh last year or the year before they were doing blind boxes. Um so you okay. you just buy the box and it was kind of just a I hope I get the one I want kind of thing. So we've uh we bought 5 all together and four of them were originals and then we got a repeat on the Ron wand oh so you probably sold it or something yeah nice yeah nice actually we didn't sell it i still have it so i could send it to you if you want (laughs) if you want a wand i get is it is it ron's broken wand that like he like (laughs) no you know he like (laughs) he like has that wand that he has all year that keeps screwing up on him right yeah that'd be great no it's (laughs) as far as i know it's all all put together so well, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking of that moment from the movie. Poor anyway. slugs. Yeah, yeah. Nice man. Well, all right, everyone. This has been it's been an epic tale here of a man, a myth, a uh, legend, a musical genius, John Williams. Yeah, and uh, again, let us know what you think. What you. Uh, what you like of the man? What you hate of the man? I don't. I don't really hate any of his work. Nope, neither that I know of. I mean, uh, I will fight anyone who says Yub Nub or whatever <laughs> the, the is bad. Yeah. No, it was it was the best thing. Yep. So all he's done just so good. Yeah, I mean, the man won twenty five Grammys. Yeah, come on, that's a lot of Grammys. It is a lot. I would just love to have one Grammy. Yeah. I'm with you. But I'll probably have none Grammys. None Grammys. The only Grammys I have are my actual grandmothers. Right. Yeah. And one of them is dead. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> so in my world, I'm losing Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is taking my Grammys away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's stripping away my he's canceling my Grammys. 
Uh, Rude. I, I do want to ask you this one thing. Oh, man. Because I talk, brought up the canceling thing. Did did Pepe Le Pew have, really have to get canceled? I don't. Let's end the show and then talk about that. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And uh, rest in peace, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, this has been Dialogue with Wildebeests. I'm Corey. And I'm Jacob. Thanks for listening, Mother Truckers. Yeah, bye bye.